Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. I, th- I don't think I've done a podcast in a while. Um, I'm not sure exactly why. I think because I've been doing so many vodcasts, and once you're putting the work in, you might as well do a vodcast. But some things lend themselves best to podcasts, or podcast allows you to put things online without having to prepare as much. Obviously, a vodcast, you have to have a prepared presentation. So let me just do a little bit of podcasting here. And, you know, I've mentioned before that one of the big issues people have with 3D imaging these days revolves around workflow. And the component of the workflow I want to look at is availability. I always like to say that when I've run our 10 3D courses, and by the way, let me put a plug in, last two weeks of April 2007, Las Vegas, Venetian, and Baltimore. Well, we've done these 3D courses for 10 years. In the beginning, people would come to courses and say, oh, that's okay, seems all right, I'm not going to do it. Then a couple years later, people said, oh, that looks pretty cool. I may not do it, but I guess someday I will. Then we noticed people said, oh, I want to do it, but I'm not well trained at it. Then the thing I noticed last year is people said, you know, I'm getting better at doing it, but now I don't have availability. And the questions were put to me from the audience and said, look, you know, we're a 25-man group. I have one workstation. We can't fight over it. It's down the hall. I don't use it because of lack of availability. So now the question is, people have agreed that 3D is the way to go. People know they need to do post-processing. The question is, how do you get around this problem? Well, of course, one solution is buy 25 workstations. That seems good. The manufacturer would be happy. Uh, Dell or Sun or... uh, one of those other vendors would be love to sell you HP, would love to sell you some more computers, and uh, the vendors would love to sell you more software, but probably that's not in your budget. So what exactly do you do? Well, one solution has been to think about the client-server model. That is, you have a very powerful workstation that people log on to and run their own computer as a front end to this powerful system. And people have done this for a little bit, but I will tell you the single best implementation I've ever seen is on something called WebSnipSpace. And Siemens introduced that at RSNA last year. I take that back. Siemens spoke about it at RSNA and introduced it at Stanford. And they're going to show it this year at RSNA. And it's something we were involved in helping develop, so I'll put that disclaimer. But it is absolutely spectacular. So basically what you're doing is you're running InSpace, which is the greatest 3D software. You're running InSpace on the web. And so what I've been playing around with is I have my son's laptop that's a couple years old, and I'm running that wireless with basically the sa- nearly the same speed you would get on a true workstation. I've run it from home using Comcast cable. I don't have any stock in Comcast, and I don't like those people. They're very rude, but I will say the cable speeds at home are pretty good. Do that in real time, basically. Um, Almost no difference between being at Hopkins on our internal network and going through VPN through Comcast. That's fantastic. And then I've used it on some of the workstations at Hopkins, just doing it that way. It is a critical change. Again, what it does is we have now thousands of sites at Hopkins that can potentially do 3D. We're going to be looking carefully at how to do this. Just having more sites do it is not the answer or the thing I'm looking for, but rather what I'm looking for is how we can improve what we do. 3D imaging, post-processing is a big part of Hopkins uh, patient care. We're doing about 8,000 exams plus each year with 3D imaging. 
And we do deliver, as I've told you before, the images via film to referring docs the next day or so. But this takes it one step further. I'll still do everything I do, but now they can look at the images. So, for example, not just looking at static, but looking at real-time images. So we're going to do it in surgery with Dr. Cameron and Dr. Schulich and Dr. Rosenborough and our other friends in surgery at Hopkins. We're going to look at it with uh, whether it's in pancreatic cancer surgery or it's in transplant surgery or it's vascular surgery. We're going to look at that very carefully. We're going to look at how it would allow us to be more efficient, how it would allow us to communicate better with our referring doctors. It's going to change that whole process. Obviously, the ability to use it in a conference setting, to show images, uh, to teach on, on multiple systems, that obviously will be easier and better. But I'm looking at a patient care perspective. Now there is no reason you can't look at the 3D imaging. Now there is no reason that the best tools available are not available to you at your desktop. So it's really a paradigm shift. It's this idea of going from a workstation. You know, we used to argue should it be in a 3D lab or at the scanner, and we've always said we do them in a 3D lab as well as a scanner. But now the paradigm is not just select places. It's doing 3D everywhere and anywhere, and basically for anybody. Now, what about the downsides? Well, the downsides, I'm not positive yet. We haven't used it enough. Uh, could it be problems with bandwidth? What if everybody and their brother starts logging on? This system is good for 10 users. What if everybody wants to be looking at images? Well, that's a good question. I guess you need to get uh, bigger systems. That's doable. Um, I also worry the fact that I now have capabilities at home, that little bit of time I do have at home. I'll be twiddling around more than ever, and now I'll be doing 3D processing at home. Uh, that may be something some people will like, and it may be a way of covering coronary CT angio. Again, um, it's, it's a good opportunity. So something we're very excited about, uh, I'm sure Siemens will not be the only vendor offering this type of uh, software and hardware combination. The client-server model is something that I think will be of great interest to many people. Uh, I think RSNA this year may be uh, showing a lot of this stuff. So at RSNA, it might be one of the trends to pay attention to. And that trend is how things are changing in terms of delivering information. Again, we always relied on PACs that bring change, and PACs did bring some change. But now we're looking at change more on the modality rather than the global level. So I think it's very exciting. And with that, I'll... Uh, end this podcast and uh, hope you have a nice day if you have any questions again we're at ctsus.com and with that be good and have a nice afternoon